Hello and welcome to Take Two Actors Agency, the podcast. This is the podcast where we will speak candidly to industry experts and learn how their experiences can help aspiring actors, directors, casting agents, producers alike navigate the TV and film industry. Here at Take Two, we want you to get involved. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Take Two Actors Agency, where we post free material that will help you improve your acting skills. If you have any questions that you want us to post to our guests, be sure to send us a message. Hello and welcome back to the Take Two Actors Agency podcast. Today we are joined by the wonderful Pamela Hughes, um, aka my mother. And so just a quick intro to Pamela, who is now, for people watching on YouTube, you can see her lovely little doggo, George. But Hello. <laughs> Pamela has been in the TV and film industry since 1988. And throughout that time, she has worked as an actor herself, a drama teacher, and a casting agent. And now she proudly owns South Dublin's longest-running drama school, which is pretty cool. Over the years, Pamela has fostered really strong relationships with casting directors and has had clients appear in TV shows like Game of Thrones, Vikings, Ripper Street, and Miss Mogul, and feature films including Birthmarked, Birthmarked, Muse, and The Man Who Invented Christmas, as well as so many commercials to even begin to name. So thanks, Pam, for joining us You're today. You're welcome, Shauna. <laughs> I sound pretty cool when you introduce me. You do sound cool. You have really cool experience that I think we all take for granted because... 100%. You're my mom. Yeah. So, if you ask me to introduce myself, I go, hi, I'm Pamela, and I have a drama class. You just Shine. forget about all the other stuff. Yeah. So how I like to start these podcasts is with a little bit of an icebreaker. So I'm just going to fire five questions at you. Don't think too much and just give us your off the cuff answer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So first one's super easy. What was the last movie that you watched? The last movie that I watched. I haven't watched movies in ages. I'm watching all these Netflix things. I'm binge watching Netflix. So yeah, the last thing I binged watched was Bridgerton, which I think everybody has watched. Um, Yeah, I'm in the middle of it. Beautifully made. Yeah, we'll just sit there, watch beautifully filmed. um, Is it Shonda Rhimes or Reams? Shondaland. Yeah, the production company. Yeah, she's the producer of Grey's Anatomy, which I'm also binge watching at the moment, um, which led me to look her up. And she's phenomenal. She has produced so many amazing TV series. So whenever I see her name, I'm going to watch. Amazing. And you have been consumed by Grey's Anatomy for the last... I have. (laughs) I'm the last person coming to the Grey's Anatomy party. (laughs) I never watched it until you told me about it and Sophie, my other daughter, told me about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. So I started it, I think, on the, when the last lockdown in October started. And I am now proudly up to season 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm totally consumed. I'm actually a surgeon now. Yes. I feel like I've qualified in all things medical. Yeah. I could perform, perform heart surgery. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's more towards general surgery but yeah yeah. okay okay interesting so then at the moment who is your favorite actor or one that you're watching I love the young Irish actors coming up um any of the, the young Irish actors um actually is it Leah or Minto that uh, girl oh, yeah um she's doing great things lovely yeah. Irish girl who we happened to be in Calcutta with years ago when we went yeah. to Calcutta with the Hope Foundation and she was actually in our group yeah and she was just starting out in acting and now it's, it's I love to see young Irish actors and actresses taken off yeah so, she yeah. actually just got named on like one to watch list which is super cool like, really? yeah, yeah, she just got a really, really big shout out. So she is. There you go. I have um, a good eye. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, I think she's great. She's a fabulous look. Um, she's a very mm-hmm. natural actress as well. So I wish her lots of luck. Yeah. What would you say is the toughest thing about your job? The hours. Mm-hmm. Always, always online. I've got much better in the last, since you've taken over the agency, my life has actually changed. Mm-hmm. You now know what it's like. Um it's all consuming and the hours are from the minute you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night well it's not really hours that's the thing that's it It, it's you're it's always on and when especially when you're dealing with different time zones and different countries you're always on yeah so that would be part that being working for yourself as I'm sure you know it's just very hard to switch off Mm. You know, you, you people who, who do the nine to five can rock up at nine and do their work and take their lunch break and finish at five, walk away. I could never walk away. And I'm sure you're the same. So when you step away, you're still, mm, I wonder who'd work for that role. And you're, yeah. you're, cons- you're just consumed. So that, that's the toughest part. Yeah. And um, what is one thing that you are looking forward to this year? I am looking forward to getting back to in-person classes. Yeah. It's made me realize just how much I love being in that environment with with students in person because mm. we have all been looking at each other on a screen for too long, yep. 10 months. So that's yep. that's the thing I'm looking forward to most. And then last one, what is one thing that you wish people understood about the industry? Maybe it's a misconception that you hear often. People do say it's all about look, you know, so you're in the right place at the right time. I think that maybe used to be the case when the industry was small and there weren't as many people around. Whereas now, I I don't think that's the case. I think you'd have to graft and you have to earn your own points and you need to do your own jobs rather than just being handed jobs. Mm. And when you say, yeah, when you say graft and do your own jobs and that kind of stuff, what, what do you mean? I mean, if you are a young actor looking for work, you need to also put in the footwork. So don't expect your agent to be out there trawling through all of the jobs. You also need to keep an eye on what's happening. Um, Obviously, the big jobs will come straight into your agent. But there are lots of smaller gigs out there, lots of young directors, uh, student directors looking for people to work for them. So it's really important that you keep your finger on that pulse. And that's the way you're going to get your showreel built up as well by getting all of those smaller parts maybe unpaid mostly unpaid in fact but you need to do you 100% need to do them to get a show real so do you think doing unpaid work as an aspiring actor is crucial it's it's par for the course yeah it's however it's it's think of it as an apprenticeship you know if you're you know you're, you're training to be a hairdresser or whatever you have to go in and do the hard work at the beginning before you're actually paid so I don't know. That's probably a really crap (laughs) comparison, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's, 
it's paramount. Like you, 100%. you're not going to build yeah. up a show reel. You're not going to build up experience otherwise, really. No. So like, how did you, I actually don't know if I know this fully. How did you get into this industry? Like why 30 years ago were you why? like, do you know what I'll do now? So I'll start drama. Well, let me think. Okay. I started my school. Um, I was in my, say from about 12 to maybe 24, 25, I was doing a lot of acting work. So I was just going from one job. Back then, actually, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there was work all the time. So it was fantastic. You were out on different productions every day of the week almost. Um, so I did a lot of that, but it just, it got to a point where I kind of felt, I really like acting, but I think I prefer to be on the other side of the camera. I, I really enjoy teaching. So I decided to open a stage school or a drama school. And myself, I had a load of flyers printed and myself and my poor mother, God bless her, we put on our runners and we literally walked and put a flyers into every single door, you know, around our locality. Um, we got back with blisters on our feet and sat by the phone anxiously waiting. And I think I got two phone calls out of maybe a thousand flyers or whatever. So I was like, okay, I can do this. So I booked the two kids and I hijacked my younger brother and I hijacked my neighbor's kids and I made it look like I had more students for the first time. And once I opened and started teaching, it literally was word of mouth. And within a year, things just, just had a ripple on effect. And, you know, touch wood, uh, it's still going really strong whatever 33 years later mm. and it is still even now I feel it's very much word of mouth you know you can I don't obviously nobody does flyers anymore but you know even through website and Facebook and things like that I'd say only 10-15% of work comes through that the rest is word of mouth yeah so that's how I started this drama teaching and out of nowhere I think around 1990. Um, a lovely casting director called Dorothy McGowan called me and said, I hear you were staying, you're a drama teacher and I am looking for kids for a TV commercial. And it was a commercial in the States for Timberland. At the time, I had no idea what Timberland was. It's the, the clothes shoes? brand. Yeah, the shoes. I'd never heard of Timberland. And I was like, oh, and I completely out of nowhere, she contacted me. So... We then kind of nurtured a, a business relationship and we met and got on really well. And that's literally how it started. So I never went looking for this. It, it came to me. Um, I then, one of her colleagues, Carmel O'Connor, um, contacted me for something else. And then another casting director, obviously, I don't know, at the time, there wouldn't have been that many casting mm. directors in Ireland. So they all knew each other. And obviously they knew that I specialized in young people and children so that's literally how it started it was just look um I guess or there wasn't a lot of people out there at the time plus Dorothy would have known I had done acting as well so maybe I had a little bit of experience of both sides mm. so that's how that's how that all started um Pretty interesting yeah and I actually still remember that first gig I had a lovely boy, uh, one of my students, um, feature in it, and it went out in the States. Really popular, lovely ad. He was very well paid at the time. And yeah, it's funny, I still remember the kid, Kevin. 
can't remember his second name, but I can see him, little blonde lad. <laughs> so that's how that all started. Um, and I worked with Dorothy for maybe 10, 15 years, but she's not in the industry anymore. So if by any fluke, Dorothy, you're out there listening to this, give me a call. Love to hear from you. <laughs> she's so just cool. such a lovely lady. Yeah. That's so cool that it just kind of happened. Happened. Yeah. And do you think that, say for people maybe wanting to get into casting, like, do you think it's the same now or is it changed pretty drastically? So people looking to set up an agency? Yeah. Um, I think the market is somewhat flooded with agencies now. So especially agencies that are attached to schools. Yeah. So I suppose all of the stage schools would have an agency element to them. So I can't imagine that a casting director is just going to haul people ad hoc, you know, mm-hmm. because there's there's just so many of them. Yeah. So I think it comes down to reputation and how well you perform, et cetera. Yeah. Something so like- really funny, just sorry, something just came into my head. So Dorothy would ring me back then and say, OK, Pamela, I need five girls say I just remember one gig in particular she was looking for for little girls who did ballet and she wanted pictures of them so I had to get in my car and go to these kids houses with my camera and take photographs of the children and then go down to the pharmacy and hand in my roll of film (laughs) oh my god wait ask for it to be done like as an express um situation and the next day I'd go back and pick up my physical (laughs) photographs and either pop them in the post to Dorothy or drop them through her door wow so like how times have changed that's mad isn't it mad that That is so different to how it is done now mental nobody had never hear really I know she don't even know what cameras are well as in film and getting film developed too does that anymore you know yeah no there you go that's my very job was very difficult. Yeah. Very now different. It's just literally phone somebody, get a photograph on the phone and mm. they can have it within five minutes. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's mad. I'm aware that just came back into my head. <laughs> back in the dinosaurs. <laughs> so obviously you mentioned like you kind of were acting, then you yeah. sort of went into the teaching and then accidentally almost into the casting. But like from the get go, like what made you want to be in this industry? Like, because I know there's never been anything else, say, in your life. Like, it's always been... No, funny, my mom tells me that when I was in maybe senior infants, that I was quiet, the little quiet kid in the class. And my teacher at the time, who I still remember, Sister Carmel, my favorite teacher ever. She was just the most beautiful nun at the time. Yeah. And she said to my mom that I was quiet and I could do drama classes or what I think about elocution classes at the time. So my mom found the local elocution teacher and sent me to her and that's where it started so I would have been very young and instantly loved it and went up and did all my grades and all that kind of thing and just fell into that and actually from a really young age when I was still in secondary school I used to tell my friends I was going to open a stage school oh wow so yeah and I just knew I just said yeah I'm going to do this and I did it so very cool um you've obviously been in this world for quite some time and like starting with obviously Dorothy and then Carmel, like you have yeah. to build those relationships. Like yeah. how important, firstly, how important? And then how did you go about kind of 
fostering these relationships with casting directors yeah. to have that that you're the go-to yeah. well back then obviously quite different to now there was very few of us around so we literally did meet up and have a chat and have a coffee so we did face to face with in the early years with people I worked with but that just all seemed to fizzle out then I don't know when I suppose when the likes of mobile phones started Mm. happening and this kind of thing started happening that and the world got busier yeah. that face-to-faces just don't seem to happen anymore so I mean I, I work with a lot of casting directors in the UK and further afield and we would communicate regularly and I have no idea what they look like and they've no idea what I look like which is kind of weird yeah unless I google them now maybe they google me but yeah we don't seem to have that connection as much anymore but I really think it's it would be lovely if we could go back to that. And maybe hmm. this whole COVID thing has I think it will. brought, yeah, it just kind of makes us all sit and take stock and realise what's important. And when you can't have meetings with people, you realise how much we all crave human interaction. Face to face. So even this face-to-face, even Zoom calls, you know. Well, Zoom, I think, has just come into its own during yeah. COVID. Um, God bless whoever on Zoom must be laughing all the way Having to the right time. Having a great life. Um, but it, it has facilitated the likes of this where I would be very open now to doing Zoom calls with casting directors, whereas before it wouldn't have really crossed any of our minds. I would talk on the phone with these people, physically talk on the phone mm. and have very long lengthy phone, phone calls, but we don't actually do face-to-faces anymore. So I would love to see it get back to that. I think it will, like even from say my perspective, like chatting with casting directors and being like, hey, like let's go for coffee when all this crap is over. And they're just like, yes. Like, yes. Yeah, I think it's lovely. And, you know, I suppose like me with my early relationships when I I actually met and we had the coffee, it's just, it adds an extra dimension when you can- Makes you human. When you have that physical connection with people. Exactly, it makes you human. Yeah. And so say for you, like you you would represent- um, children young people yes um so how would you go about getting them jobs would you go out looking would they come to you a bit of both how does that work a bit of both yeah a bit of both um I suppose because I'm I'm around such a long time and I specialize in children people know that I specialize yeah. in children and people know that my agency isn't very big we don't take every kid from the school we only take children that we feel would suit the industry Mm. you know not every not every child will will have the confidence to walk in on their own and do an audition etc um I'm now rambling and forgot what the question was Uh, (laughs) where where am I going with this oh yeah about looking for jobs and some jobs oh yeah yeah so a lot of them come to me um, which is a really nice place to be. Um, I was on IMBD and those various websites for years, which I don't really need to be on now because most people know where I am. Um, but I do the odd time still look through um, IFTN and things like that just to see what's in production in Ireland. And I would have done that over the years. You know, you can click in and you can actually see what's in production at the moment. So you have a good idea of what's happening. Um, it also lets you know what's coming up. Usually there's a calendar of work scheduled on that website. So at least you can go, okay, they're coming in. You can approach whoever's working on them and just get in there ahead of the posse, I guess. 
Yeah. And so say like in the earlier years, would you have had to do more of that like hunting? 50-50. Yeah. 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 Um, I do think that because who we would represent is quite niche, people know who to go to for young talent that is good and that has experience. For sure. I mean, I did at one stage branch out into adults. Um, Myself and Lee Arnold kind of got together and we decided that we would look at doing adults. And quite honestly, it was disastrous. Um, I... Children are amazing to work with and they will accept when you say, sorry, I didn't get that gig. Whereas a lot of the adults were very needy and we could maybe talk about that later, you know, when, yeah. when I'm at, why didn't, why didn't I get that job? I'm like, well, because you just didn't, because maybe you hadn't got the right color hair or maybe you just weren't good enough on the day, mm. but they just kept ringing and, and needing me to mother them. Yeah. Whereas I just didn't have the patience or the, so that kind the of nicely, to be doing that. But that kind mm. of nicely leads on to that. Like, what would you say, like, working with an agent? Because at the end of the day, most aspiring actors aspire to have an agent. Mm-hmm. But not everyone knows how to work with an agent professionally and effectively. So mm-hmm. what would you say to people, A, seeking an agent how do they approach them and then b how do you maintain that actually healthy working relationship with them that for lack of a better term you're not pissing them off yeah um finding an agent is not easy um in ireland because there are very few good agents now obviously there's the big agencies which are fantastic and they Mm. will have our a-listers if you like and the Terry Haydens and whatnot. Um, With regards to finding an agent, you shop around. It's like anything else. You know, if you want to buy a new car, go and test drive them. Um, Look up and see what your agent has done to date. Um, Do they specialize in a certain area? Do they, for example, have 10 kids with blonde hair and blue eyes? You know, you need to have some kind of a niche. Mm. So find the agent that you feel is a good fit for you and then reach out to them, send an email or I suppose if it's children, maybe their parents are, are contacting um, just an email of introducing themselves and asking, would we be interested or would you be interested in taking them on? And in that initial email, what do you think should be included that will catch your eye? Um, I can tell you what, doesn't <laughs> what gets deleted straight away yeah I, I mean I don't get as many now that I've handed over to you but you probably get them all now so I get the letter to dear Pamela or dear Shona I have looked up your agency and I feel I'd be a really good fit for you and then I click into the profile of the person and they're a 60 year old man and I'm going you did no homework on take two because we specialize in children delete yeah or there's the one who's maybe on the right track but has cc'd me Mm. and every other agent that I know personally in Dublin. So first of all, they're breaching data protection because they've just sent my email to everybody else. But I also know that it's just a phishing exercise. So there's nothing personal about it. So I think myself and most people will also go delete. Um, Spelling errors (laughs) on an email drive me to distraction. I'm just lazy off the cuff, you know, somebody just scrolling on their phone. I I have got emails saying, I would like to be an actor. Yeah. You know, 
those delete. So I, I look for something comprehensive, something that shows somebody's done a bit of homework. Something, and I do like to see a headshot or a photograph, not, not necessarily a headshot, but just some kind of visual to give me an idea of, you know, what the person looks like and a little biog, even if they've no experience, just saying that they maybe attend classes or they like to do acting or whatever. What about including, say, like self-tapes or showreels? Would yeah, you like them I'm, in an initial email or do you kind of like someone to almost ask permission? I don't I don't mind them if they're short. So mm-hmm. if I'm sent maybe a short one minute clip just to give a taste maybe of the person, I am absolutely delighted to look at that. If I'm sent a 20 minute showreel on a a blind email now I most likely won't watch it so I do think it's important to maybe send something a little bite-sized taste going mm-hmm. I'd really like to work with you and then it's up to me to go yes I'd love to see your showreel yeah or your full showreel so that that's how I would approach yeah. that kind of the like dangle a carrot permission-based sure. marketing essentially it's just like yes can I please send you my stuff absolutely yes I'd love to yeah. see it. Yes. And I do. I love watching showreels. You know, I think it's fantastic because often you see amazing talent. Yeah. Once they're done reasonably well, I don't want a showreel that's made in your bedroom of you doing a monologue that you don't really know. Yeah. Or, you know, there are ones where you can actually see the, the person reading a script. So if you're going to make a showreel, just take time and do it right. So mm. Millions of YouTube tutorials out there or talk to a teacher or talk to an agent as to ask, ask them what they want. Yeah. So like yeah. with say a showreel, like mm-hmm. for an actor getting started, obviously we need, like, we would love a showreel. We know it's not always possible with like, mm-hmm. if you are just starting off the industry, you're not going to have it. No. What would you like, what would you say to include in your showreel? I think now the business has has kind of changed a lot in the last couple of years, especially over the last COVID um, mm. 10 months. I think, you know, for children, obviously they're not going to have a showreel. They haven't done anything. But I think just a really short clip of the child looking to camera saying, hi, my name is Mary. I am 10 years old. I go to drama classes and they could do a tiny clip from something, but even just a visual looking at the camera and just seeing how they can communicate. That would be that would be a really nice introduction. Yeah, just something. Yeah. And I mean, you could even put that on kids' showreels. I know some, um, like say a fish pond, they have little clips of kids. And I think that's really effective, you know, just to have something where at least a uh, cast and director can li- just click through them and see. Hi, my name is. Yeah. And, and a lot of know. the time that's what is requested in children's auditions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they like, literally walk in. Turn right, turn left, look to camera, say their name, and out they go. Yeah. So that 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 could cut out all of that by having a very short clip. And that could be easily updated, you know, with kids change so much. Mm. Um, like you need to be updating that probably every six months, if not more. Yeah. But that's yeah. a very simple thing to do. Yeah, that's a good tip. There you go. Yeah, my, we'll bring that I'll in. I'll send you the invoice for that. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. right. What about headshots? Like how important are they? Um, what massively are important. Yeah. yeah, I think they are massively important. They are your, you know, if you're going to sell something, this is your first kind of, what? What's the word I'm searching for, Shona? It's your first impression. It's your first impression, yeah. Um, it's It's very important. I cannot stress how important that is. And 
you know, again, they can sometimes be taken at home as a stopgap, but I do think it is worth getting a photographer who specializes in headshots, not just a photographer to get them done correctly. You know, if, if very often, even myself, if somebody calls me or somebody calls you and said they want such and such a look, having a visual is the first thing we all need. Um, So yeah, I would think they are fundamental. They have to be in your toolkit as an actor it's it's the first thing that goes in that toolkit. Yeah. So for an actor, from an agent's perspective, the first thing that we do when we're putting you forward for a job is send through your headshot. So your headshot's fundamental. It has to be good. If it's not, and if it's taken on like an iPhone outside or whatever, we can't send that. It doesn't look professional. So it's so important that you invest in that if you're serious about it. And you know, yeah. And I know sometimes it might seem like a big investment, you know, but I mean, you're talking a hundred euro maybe to get some good headshots taken. But if you are serious or if your child, you know, you were doing this for your child who wants to be, not be an actor, but who would like to dabble in the industry. Yes, 100% they need a headshot. Mm. Like in terms of say talking to parents, like what would you tell them? Because obviously when we're when we're dealing with, our clients and actors are children, but the people that we correspond with are the parents. Yeah. So it's really important that they're on the same page, that they understand yeah. what's going on and how this is going to be. So what do you typically yeah. say to parents? When people ask me about the agents, uh, the agency, I actually almost try and put them off. So I, I know it's, I, I'm, I'm extremely upfront with parents. I say, you know, it is a hard industry. If your child is in any way sensitive or suffers from rejection issues, it is not for them. You know, people think, oh, I saw such and such on an ad and that was lovely and I'd love my child to be in that ad. Your child may not want to be in that ad. Maybe you want your child to be in that ad. So that you always have to look out for that as well. Um, so I will explain that it's a very hard industry, that your child will probably attend 10 auditions um, before they get a yes unless they are very lucky, um, that the child will just need to toughen up, you know, and be able to walk into an audition and accept that they're not right for that role and just walk away and let it wash off them. Whereas some children are very sensitive and they just can't cope with that. And that's fair enough, but then they shouldn't be in the agency. Mm, Yeah, I do try and put people off at the beginning and I am extremely clear about just for, you know, because you have a headshot and because we've taken you on, it does not guarantee work. Yeah. So years ago, I used to open up the agency to all of my students, which in hindsight probably wasn't a very good idea um, because a lot of the students, not a lot of them, a small minority just weren't able for it. Um, So that's something I think people need to be careful of as well, you know not assuming because they go to such and such a class or such such a stage school that they're automatically in an agency Mm. because they don't always marry, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And then what about like, because obviously we'd represent people kind of up to about 25. So like from, let's think about like the age range of like 18, no, sorry, like 15 to 20. So they want to get into it and technically if they're under 18 we deal with the parents what if what if mom and dad aren't game for this like what if mom and dad are just not overly keen but this kid is 
persistent? Like, what, yeah. what do we do in that? I would have a, a frank conversation with the parents. You know, um, I would even suggest having the parents and the child and myself in a room to talk it through. And I have done that with many parents, especially of older children. Mm. And again, I would be really blunt with both the parent and the child. But if, if, if the kid still wants to get involved at that stage, I would probably push the parents to give it a go. Yeah. If I feel that they are really genuinely hungry for it. And you'll know that the, the ones that are really hungry for it, they're the, generally the ones that succeed. Mm. Absolutely. And like from, say, a parent's perspective, because obviously I grew up going to auditions. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I've seen this and yeah. you've seen it from both perspectives. Like yeah. how difficult is it, even say for teenage actors, like how difficult is it for the parents to be watching their yeah. kids going to auditions, being heartbroken that they didn't get something? Yeah. And I mean, I would have seen it with yourself quite a number of times, you know, where you so had to go down to the last two for some job. And I would literally be lying in the bed at night going, oh God, oh God, please let me get it. Oh God, you know, and I, I would be like a stress ball, but I would keep that to myself as a parent. Mm-hmm. You're not going to project that onto your child. So I, yes, I have seen it from both sides and it is nerve wracking as a parent, no more than when I see you getting up on a stage or you know, anything that, that the ch- your child is involved in, you just want your child to succeed. That's just part of the DNA and part yeah. of the, the the nurturing maternal instinct. Um, so, yeah, it's really tough as a, mo- as a parent to see kids being let down. And I suppose the parent has to toughen up, and that's why I would talk to the parent as well, and not to project their emotions onto the child. The parent needs to be kind of rational and go, yeah, no, that, that, that job didn't suit you. And you can tell young children because your hair wasn't the right color or because you didn't match the parent in the ad if they're looking for a family unit. So there are really good reasons you can give to the child without sort of saying to them, you just weren't the right one or whatever. You just weren't the right one. So, yeah. But yeah, I remember many sleeping smites and broken hearts. (laughs) So, yeah, I can remember. I've seen it it as as the mummy and I've seen it as the the teacher as well, you know, when your Mm. kids are in competition. So I've kind of seen it from all points of view. And I've seen it from an examiner and an adjudicator's point of view as well. Yeah. I kind of have a nice round view of the whole thing. So basically, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I won't swear in case any children are listening to this, but it is. It is really tough. Yeah. But but if you are hungry, that's the thing. And you fight for it, and I don't know that you were ever that hungry. Maybe because you grew up in a family where, mm. you know, it was just the norm to go to auditions. Or I'd drag you along when I was bringing other kids or meeting other kids. So <laughs> it's not something that you had to, yeah yeah hi. Yeah. <laughs> or we'd rock up to a to a casting and they'd be they'd be short and they go here throw Sean or Sophie in there. I'm like, okay, or I go in myself sometimes. Just yeah, I remember you going numbers, into the mom you know? loads. Yeah, yeah, just to, to fill a space. Um, so yeah, again, I've lost my train of thought. I'm just kind of back there thinking of my poor children being pushed in the door. But at the same uh, time, like, I think you're right in saying we didn't know any different. We didn't know any it different. It was the norm. Sorry, that's right, yeah. It was the norm for us, for you growing up. Yeah. And... Yeah, there was no kind of mystery around that, or there was no. It yeah, was so I knew what to expect. It was like I was so on that hunger, from yeah. four, like when I was four or five. Yeah, like yeah, I knew what it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it was fun, but it wasn't like oh my god, this is so 
cool and yeah. mysterious. Yeah. Like uh, that's I know, the thing. I mean, I I remember us being out on where were we on Tudors? Maybe Dreamhouse was it? Is that or, what we're or, talking about? Well, both of them. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Tudors when we went out. Um, I had a, a client playing young Prince Edward. What's yeah. the actor's name? The gorgeous looking uh, Jonathan. So bad on Jonathan Reese Myers. Johnny Johnny Reese Myers, and hanging out with him on set and yeah. trying to compose myself because he's very beautiful in person. <laughs> but like that, you know, you were with me and we were out on a big production and it was kind of normal. Mm. I've been on Dreamhouse as well, you know, sitting there chatting to Saoirse Ronan and Jim Sheridan. And we even had a day, I remember when Sophie was graduating from primary school and we had we had we were all getting ready to go up to the school for her graduation and the doorbell rings and I'm going, who is calling here? And I went out and asked the door and who was on my doorstep? Only Jim Sheridan. And I'm like, oh, my God. Hi. And he's like, oh, I was passing by. I thought I'd come in for a cup of tea. And he comes in and we make him the cup of tea. And I'm sitting there going, I can't believe Jim Sheridan's in my kitchen, but I need to bring my child to her graduation. Yep. But again, it was freaky, but it was ah, Jim Sheridan's popped in for a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, bizarre stuff. Um. And yeah. yeah, I would have grown up meeting many. I mean, I sat down with Pierce Brosnan many times over the years or Mel Gibson or mm. various people. And, you know, so, yeah, I'm not all kind of struck by that kind of thing. Yeah. Or and nor, I think, nor were you. No, like, and I still wouldn't be. I'd be like, oh, I respect yeah. you. You're fantastic. But yeah. I'm not going to like drool or like in, yeah. die yeah. of excitement. I just think it's. And I actually was on with Johnny Mars because he's very beautiful. Yes, there are a few that I'd be like, I can't speak. And when I met I cannot speak. When I met Sting backstage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that was the funniest thing in the world. Were you with me? (laughs) Yeah. Was it you? Um, I had a crush on the police when I was growing up. I had posters all over my room and Sting was just, he was just my God. And there we are at an opening of his musical in Board Gosh. What musical was that? Oh, I can't remember something about a ship. The long oh, of the ship the, uh, the it match. was actually good. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was so good. And he, yeah, he was backstage, or he was in the, the the circle club afterwards. And I was just completely awestruck when I was introduced to him. I was like, it was embarrassing. <gasps> yeah, it I was, was embarrassed for myself. <laughs> I just made eye contact with the guy that was with Sting, and we're both like, Jesus Christ. Like, what is she what like? Is I actually this? reverted to a stupid 12 year old giggling man. <laughs> like, hi. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time in my life where I was completely awestruck. Um, and he's beautiful. It was tragic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it was we're, so all, we're all allowed. We're all allowed one of yeah. those moments. But yeah. But I do think that's an interesting kind of perspective because I had a chat with um, Emma Gunnery, the casting director, and she had no involvement really with like acting or anything as a kid like it just wasn't something she did and then when she got into it she was like oh oh this is what it is okay so it's just interesting to see the different kind of perspectives on if you grew up in the industry it's I don't think you're as hungry because it's you're so kind of it's normal whereas if you if you don't or you are kind of a little bit more removed I think it's an advantage if you really want to make it in the sense of you're hungry yeah I agree yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. I suppose from the other pers- perspective now with you taking over the agency, I think it's fantastic that you've seen how it's operated over the years 
and you now see where it should be. Mm. You know, for, for many years, I've been talking about separating out the agency and, and actually going to a commercial agency type of thing. But it's quite hard to do that when it's connected to the school. Yeah. So by taking it and totally separating it, I think is a fantastic idea. Yeah. And I think it can only grow. Oh, there's my little doggy. It can only go from strength to strength when you take just totally separate it and run it in a totally different way. Really, well, Run it as a business. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, that's cute. We can get someone in a commercial. A hundred percent. And so, I loved doing it for all of 32 years, but I have to say it's quite nice to have passed it on because I now don't have my phone ring at midnight or yeah. get emails at 2 a.m. So No, I do. There it's you great. go now, dear. Yeah, it's but you're great. young and energetic. So I like it. Plus, I think you need to discipline. Well, you're better, I think, also at setting boundaries for yourself. Mm. saying right I am finished at this time and I can switch off whereas that's something I really struggled with so yeah I'm, I was to give you one piece of advice it's there. to do what I didn't do yeah yeah and I think that kind of goes for everything in this industry it can be soul consuming like it can just be everything yeah. if you're an actor if you're a director if you're a producer if you're casting anything there are times yeah. when you will have to work until 1am because yeah shit has to get done but but there's also, there also has to be some to be headspace. There, there does. But if you are in the middle of a job and you're doing it at 1am, it's because you are genuine, you want to do it. Yeah. There was never ever a situation over the years where I was working at midnight that I was going, oh my God, I have to do this job. I was mm-hmm. energized and excited to do it. Yeah. So that's important too. I think as an agent, you need to still have that excitement or you still want, you need to fight for your clients Mm. and you need to have that energy and buzz and vitality. I think the day that you stop feeling that is the day you walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't stopped feeling that. So this is good. So just a quick one, because obviously I know in the like wake of COVID and in the midst of it, everything has gone to self-tapes. Yes. Do you think that that's going to continue do you think we're going to go back to like first auditions face to face ever or what do you think no no I think it was already happening before COVID where we all just saw it was a time-saving exercise it makes sense rather than bringing children into the middle of Dublin to do a a 30-second audition that you could do that as well yeah taking them out of school etc etc so yeah no I do I do I definitely think it's going to go more self-tape um, in fact, I'd say it'll go 90% self-tape unless a casting director knows you. Mm. So they, they, for example, say, oh, Shauna, I know Shauna, we've met on other jobs. I'd like to see Shauna for this part. So I think that's the only, and you're kind of jumping to a second level yeah. there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It kind of is a so, second yeah. audition then, like yeah. they know what you're yeah. like. Yeah, and that would happen. It has happened, I'm sure it'll happen to you where they ask for 10 self-tapes, but we'd like to see... Sam straight away because we know or we've worked with him before yeah 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 so obviously you know that I like actionable items I don't like to just talk and talk and talk without actually giving people something that they can do in order to take a step forward in their acting or in their journey within this industry so what advice we've not given them loads of nuggets already we have given them loads of nuggets we're going to give them some more nuggets we're don't give, fall apart when you see a famous person like I <laughs> yeah that it yeah. people cringe around you so don't do that as much no. as possible and um, but what piece of advice would you give yourself or someone in your position say 10 years ago 
don't do it. Um, you what advice would I give to my? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> ha ha! That's my strange sense of humor. Um, do you know? I I honestly don't think I would have done anything differently because I kind of grew up in the industry and I've grown with the industry. So I think it's only in the last maybe five years that things have taken a, 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 a U-turn with regards to self-tapes and all of that. So, yeah, I think I would have just done exactly as I did, to be honest. I think nurturing relationships is important. And maybe that would be the one thing if I had to do over that I would like to actually meet these people. Mm, but it's absolutely. not always possible. You know, you're dealing with people in, in the States or whatever. Um, very, very hard to meet them. But we could do Zoom calls. Yeah. Which Absolutely. I've never done, you know. So yeah, that that is something maybe I would advise: nurture relationships, because we're all human. We're all in the same industry. You know, casting directors have tough jobs as well. They need to find the right people. So if if you can connect with them on a human level, I think that's really important. Just to kind of go back a little bit, because obviously we do want to. The whole point of this podcast is the whole breaking down the us and them thing, because it's us being the aspiring, them being the experts. It's it's not it's not the case. There isn't a massive differentiation. So like from an agent's perspective, how much do you want your clients to succeed? A hundred percent. You, yeah. of course you're, you're in their corner. Um, and that's where having a commercial agency, like we are now doing what you are now doing makes that even easier. Yeah. It makes it easier, I guess, because you're taking clients on who you feel you can work with. Mm-hmm. So every client is like a little baby and every client you are going to mind and nourish and point in the right direction and help. So, yeah, I I would lie in bed thinking of clients going, yeah, they would suit that job or I hope this works out for them. So, yeah, there certainly isn't enough in them when it comes to agent versus client. We're all on the same page and we're all we're working as a team. Yeah. So then what's like the what is like maybe one or two pieces of advice that you would give someone who is really hungry, they really want it, and they just want to stand out in this industry? What's a couple of things that they can actually do to Well, I suppose like, yeah, like I was saying earlier, is to do their own groundwork. Don't sit at home waiting on Shauna to call you. Mm. You need to go out and actively look for things. So they should be connecting with the um, film schools. So there's the one... Um, near us here in Rochestown Avenue. What's it called? Uh, the IADT. IADT. They have um, an amazing. They have an amazing program. Their, their their program is amazing. Their facilities are amazing, and I've worked with a number of the young directors coming out of there, and they are ones to watch. They are superb. Mm-hmm. So to connect with the likes of them, they often put up like they have Facebook pages or Instagram pages where they put up their end of year. Um, graduate showcases where they look for young actors. So you need to know when they're going to happen and you need to be applying to like the client as in the actors need to be applying to them directly, but keeping their agent in the loop. That's really important. So very important that they find the job, but I don't want to hear, oh yeah, I did that last week. Mm. That That's a no-no. So that they have really to let... really annoys yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's a big no-no. We need to know what you are working on. Um, for example, it might be something that's really not suitable. 
in on you know yeah. I've had I've had scripts through through um, the door or via email where I've read through and the question I ask myself is would I send my child for that audition? Mm. So if it is if there's any kind of explicit language, you know, okay, bad language I've no issue with, but if there are if there's explicit profanity or nudity Nudity. or anything that's not that I do I don't feel comfortable with I I just I disregard them and I know as an agent it is your job to put these you know to let your clients know and a couple of cases over the years there have been jobs that have come in that the the Jamie Bulger one actually comes to mind you know the the film about the, the Jamie Bulger and his oh yeah who killed the young child yeah so I was sent the script for that and I have to say it I really struggled with looking for actors for that part but it was an amazing part for an actor mm. yeah so I did contact a couple of parents and we spoke it through and most of them agreed with me but there were one or two who, who could see that it was a good part so you have to be kind of careful you can I suppose you can talk to the parent about it and give your views mm. but ultimately it's up to the parent but if there are parts that I find I've read through the script and say no I would definitely not put my child forward for that well then I just I wouldn't put a client forward for it either yeah yeah I do think it's so important and for clients to realize as well like as agents we do have your best interests at heart 100% like we don't want yeah. to exploit you we don't want to put you in a position where you're not comfortable like it's so yeah. important to us that you have a good experience because we wouldn't want to feel that way, nor would we want someone else to feel exactly. vulnerable on Plus, set. You know, if you do, if you start off doing something, you know, as maybe as a as an older teenager, you know, where there is nudity involved, that's kind of where you're going to go. So once you've done it once, mm. you know. So I think you do need. To I be wonder. I, I wonder would the whole normal people thing now kind of have shifted that I do think we are getting to a point where it's slightly more yes, acceptable that is because Lenny filmed that in a really, really nice beautiful way. way you know it whilst there was a lot of nudity in it it was done in such a sensitive way and as only Lenny can do filmed yeah. beautifully yeah. so it was crafted in such a way that you weren't looking well I know a lot of people in Ireland were up in arms about it God bless them Joe Duffy's <laughs> line was exploding but I personally thought it was beautifully made I and thought I thought it was the um I thought the performances outshone anything else and I was looking at the actors I wasn't looking at their bodies yeah you know so yes it depends how they're filmed and if you yeah. can work with it with a director that you know and trust yeah well, then it's fine so that's you know if you have a young student coming out who wants to make a film where there's nudity involved we don't know how that's going to look or how yeah. that's going to be shot I hope I'm making sense here no you are like it is very much like it's case by case and like I think yeah sometimes you do need to trust your agent that we also know yes. these people. Like, we know how yeah. they work. We know how they shoot. We know, look, they do nudity in maybe quite a brash, brass way. Yes. Whereas yeah. these guys have the intimacy coach on set. They're, they do it in a very yeah. tasteful manner. So there are, yeah. you can do it yeah. Once well. you know your client is being looked after and being, yeah. you know, not shielded, but especially for young children. You know, I've had many cases where children have worked on film sets where 
the film is an over 15s or an over Yeah, they can't watch it. So the children can't watch it, but they are very much protected when they're on set. Yeah. And that is fundamental. Again, I, I want to see that in a contract that the child is not going to see any scenes being shot that they shouldn't or they're not going mm-hmm. to hear, not bad, you know, unsuitable dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah we're there. Those contracts are so important to protect children. Absolutely. And that whole that whole thing is tightened up a lot. And that's that's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely something that we want to talk about at some point on this is like, why do we not have a union in Ireland? Like why it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, but at the same time, how much the child protections have tightened, which is a step in the right direction. So it's definitely something down the line, I think is worth having a discussion. The the financial element is, is an important discussion as well, because, you know, over the years, I always paid the parents Mm. because that's that's how it was done. Whereas now I insist that the child has a bank account opened before I will pay any fees unless I have a written letter from the parent stating that they will transfer money to their child and sign it. Yeah. You know, again, it's it's about protecting the children and any money that they make should be held for them till they're, you know, till they're obviously at an age where they can manage it themselves. Yeah. Well, I think that we have given lots of nuggets lots of things that people can be doing like get your headshots in order start working on your show reels look network do the grunt the grunt work yourself as well yeah. don't expect yeah. everything from the agent but then when you're working with an agent make sure you're doing it in a professional and like yes manner. don't call your agent at half past 11 at night no don't call your agent uh, asking why you didn't get a part um you know there are there are there are little rules. Yeah. Um, it's professionalism. And I think a big part of it is when you get your agent, if and when, have that conversation with them. Like have yes. a conversation of like, okay, how do you like to work with clients? What yes. is something that will drive you nuts? I'm very blunt with people now. I'm like, if you yeah. send me this, I'm, I'm not replying. Like don't message me every week being like, hi, any work. If there's work, yeah. trust me that I will tell you about it. Yes, yeah. So it's... I mean, it's, it's okay to check in. Yeah, it's okay to check in now and again. You know, if, if... I suppose from our point of view, we know that, for example, I have put Joe... I have put his headshot forward maybe for, for three different things that haven't happened. Yeah. But Joe's mammy and Joe don't know this. Yeah. So, yeah, they may touch base maybe every six months going, what's happening? Which is um, totally fine. Which is perfectly fine. And I will tell them, look, this came up or that came up, but it just didn't work out this time. But n- not every week. No, 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 I no, no, no. It's such a pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. And the older the client, the, the more that happens. But I also think yeah. maybe you need to have that conversation with your client when yeah. you take on a client and just say, look, we need to be mutually, mutually yeah. respectful to each other. And yeah. we are both we are both working together. We're both out for the same aim and the same goals. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I think that we have gone over so many things and excellent. Hopefully provided. There was me and I wouldn't be able to talk to you. And I sure I could be sitting here talking all day long. You can talk for Ireland. It's absolutely fine. So thank you so much for taking the time out today to have a chat and to tell people kind of your insight and how you got into the industry and how you've grown with the industry as you've said so 
Thank you. You're very welcome, Shauna. And I wish take to the new agency, take to actors agency, um, all the look in the world. I think you are going to do a spectacular job. You've grown up with it and you've seen the pitfalls. And I know that you're going to bring this um, to great places. You're going to nurture great talent. We are indeed. So where can people find you if they want to follow you on like Instagram or whatever? Where can they find you? Who would be wanting to follow me on Instagram? I would say a few people, honestly. Um, I don't even know what my Instagram thing is. Take two underscore PAS, is it? Yeah. So take two underscore PAS on Instagram. And then obviously take two performing arts school on Facebook. So thank you again. And thank you all for listening to Take Two Actors Agency, the podcast. And obviously we would really, really, really appreciate if you could rate, review, leave comments on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Be kind, people be kind. That's all we ask in this world. Yes. Just be kind. If you've nothing nice to say, please don't say anything. But thank you guys for listening and we will catch you in the next one. See you later. Okie dokie. Bye-bye. Thank you, Shauna.